0: Um, Chola, what's, what's the thing about today that makes you happy?
1: Oh, well, the thing that that, make, that makes me happy as a year of oh God, anyway, so...
0: Oh, umasheu. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: I want to match with the young star. I match with the just star. They don't score like here again. Everybody just beating us up and.
0: Oh, let's not even talk about that, please.
2: <laughs> okay. That it's it's been less than, what, 10 minutes to so really score us. Like Whisper. And... <laughs> Nigeria, Sierra Leone. This is one of the uh, African African qualifiers. Uh, Sierra Leone.
0: Hmm. Anyways, we might have some people from Sierra Leone listening. So, hello. We love you, Spill. Oh. <laughs> All right, guys, my name is Adesia Akuboise, and I am your favorite homegirl. Welcome again to the podcast. And with me in the studio is, or because I have more than one person with me,
2: psychology, psychotherapist, and your very own homeboy.
0: And then we have somebody special. I don't know if we should give him drum rolls. So I feel like we need to get a bell or something. You As know. How
2: they use in church, <laughs> <laughs> But
0: yeah, we'll have him introduce himself. He's very special. Hi, guys.
1: Uh, my name is Stola. I'm not sure if I should sure have the homeboy with the bell or with the most. Or <laughs> but um, my name is Stola. Um, I work in coaching, consulting, and therapy and then pastor and all for at the same time. How I manage it, I don't even know, but, you know.
0: Honestly, <laughs> you have to share your tea, Baba. What is your soul He has to cut soap for us.
2: <laughs> he has to cut soap <laughs> You
0: know, I, the funny thing is that like, he said he's not solar with the most, and I'm just like, uh-uh, what else? I don't understand. It's plenty. Anyways, thank you for joining us in the studio today. I'm actually personally, you know, like when we're talking about what the topic of the day is, I just kept quiet because I'm actually personally excited that we get to talk about that and um, I'm not going to introduce the topic. I don't know, like somebody else should just introduce it because I might just do too much.
2: Mm. Okay. All right. So let me just do the honors today. Okay. (laughs) So we're brushing over um, a particular delicate and sensitive topic, you know, that has um, permeated mental health awareness and sensitization in this part of the world. And that is the, you know, ever so, should I put it, it's always mixing into each other anyway. Interfering dynamic of mental health and religious orientations, um, where is mental health typically um, against religion? Is um, are they working together? Is religion the alternative to mental health care and things like that, or what is the role of men- uh, religion in mental health care? Are they typically always you know against each other like we see in some scenarios, and you know does it help to have you know spirituality? and religion on your side you know about mental health issues you know what role do they play with each other you know basically i think that's what we want to talk about today
0: yeah and in (laughs) one sentence we really are just going to dissect can you talk to god and talk to a therapist fam like can you talk to god and still be talking to a therapist why should you can you like what's the point? That's what we're going to be talking about today. Thank you for the show. that.
2: God is not, Provide that God is not your life therapist, by the way. You know, oh. it out there.
0: Hmm.
2: <laughs> okay, you know, you know M- M- is so is getting so big <laughs> right now. You understand who is to say that you know, our able marketers are not marketing it to so heaven? and God is like, ah, let me just subscribe. You know, after all, I created everything, right?
0: I know. <laughs> Maddo. Okay, so we'll let Tala just like use, you know, I mean, we've already introduced the topic. So Tala, just like, um, I guess, take us away. But at the same time, like, I feel like as Shola and I were talking, you probably have some things going on in your head. So I'm just giving you room to do that as well.
1: Okay, thank you, Adizie. Um, I mean, pretty, pretty interesting topic. And, you know, it's one that I think it's a bit personal for me. Because, I mean, I, I sort of work in the intersection between, you know, um, pastoring, which is um, Christianity, and then, of course, therapy and, and all of that. So it's a very interesting topic. Um, can you talk to God and your therapist? And what I even find most interesting is that, I mean, a few years ago, right, um, say about five, ten years ago, even further down, if you if you ever talked about, it was very Difficult, or unheard of to to put God and therapy in the same conversation, right? And mm. then this is this is us, you know, saying, "Can you talk to God and the therapy?" <laughs> but even attempting to even answer that question. I mean, if a couple of years ago it was unheard of to even think of such a question. Mm. if you thought, Get it to yourself, and I think that's just um, to say that there's been. Um, a great deal of progress. And of course, you know, progress is because of the work that people have done, especially people like, you know, the team at Nguvu. So that's really something that's, that's very good just to be able to, um, um, put that awareness out there to say you know it's okay if you're not okay um, and then you can begin to work on your mental health so to answer the question can you talk to god and your therapist of course you can um, you can you should actually because um, I mean there are both sides of divide there's, there's a side of divide that says oh god fixes all the problem there's the other side of the divide that says you know oh don't even talk to god at all just go see a professional, But what I can say in, you know, to wrap it, wrap it up in a few words, is to say that um, God always sends help to people. Right. And sometimes the way he sends help is through science. Right. Um, so once upon a time, people were sick and we're praying for, you know, good health. And I, I think that God sent um, science there in the form of medical, you know, intervention and all of that. So what's to say that? God can walk through therapy in in these days, right? Um, of course, it's a nuanced conversation, and you want to be able to to um hear both sides of the view and all of that. and I'm hoping that we can do that in this conversation.
0: Can we just end like how we go? I don't know, like more to say is there any point to continue Okay, I guess so. <laughs>
2: Come back here, we are not done. <laughs>
0: no, but like you know, like I feel like I'm a guest on this podcast because I'm just ready to soak everything all in. But I guess we'll go around and just like talk. Um, Shola, can you talk to God and a therapist?
2: Definitely, uh, 100% um, behind what Tola just said. And, um, you know, in my own practice, it has been something quite extraordinarily um, effective, if I may add, if people can find an healthy balance between their spirituality and, you know, their management of their mental health and have like, you know, um, a steady um, dynamic going on for them while they see religion, spirituality, talking to God, as we put it today, as part of their recovery capital, you know, as part of what makes them uh, like a positive mental health indicator, basically activities that inspire, motivate and put people in the right perspective. Um, Many things can motivate us, you know, Typically, and and I find it, you know, one day I was speaking to some of my patients in the group, and um, we were talking about this particular story in the Bible, that of um, Job, who typically lost everything, and um, you know, it was it was so traumatic. I was like, imagine if that was like a a living person in today's reality how do you go about telling the person that oh things can get better how do you go about telling the person that this is not the time to think things suicide how do you go about telling there are just some things that it's can only be God you know like the leveraging on spirituality leveraging on you know the afterlife leveraging on things happening for a reason leveraging on you know you know God, you understand, these infinite love and things like that can really bring um, peace to the troubled mind. Because, you know, I I read in newspapers the other day, you know, a certain family, you know, wiped out in the recent um, terrorist attack in the south-western part of the country. And, you know, to the people that those kind of people left behind, you know, yeah, let them go and get therapy. Did anyone do this? You understand? And the person is sitting in front of the psychologist, and the person has highlighted everything, you know, as like, well, where do I start from? You, understand, you know, this, this this, is my world, and that was wiped out in front of my eyes in one day. How do you tell the person that, uh, okay, let's not talk, talk about defense mechanism, cognitive distortions, let's start talking about, um, you know, sometimes it's, it's for us to identify what's the, um, called it um protective factors basically are there in the person's life at, at that particular point in time and in this part of the world we are all quite religious and quite spiritual in our different ways you know and that in a way can be a protective factor for people something that um can help going okay. forward you know and you know it's typically like part of the treatment basically and yes i totally agree albeit that um i've also found it quite problematic and sometimes when um getting people to have insight into their own mental health situation or their own mental health status as to how it affects their prognosis. Sometimes their um, pre-existing notions about spirituality and how that's interfacing with mental health becomes one of the biggest obstacles, you know, to, you know, getting across to people.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. You know, what's funny is that when I was in my final year of like my undergraduate program, I actually did a research on the effects of religiosity and spirituality on people's willingness to seek psychotherapy. So for me, this like is really special. And, you know, like you're rightly said, like, I think this really speaks to a lot of individuals who are, you know, spiritual and religious and also believe in God, because of course there are people who do not believe in God. And I think that there are a lot of people who struggle with, you know, if I claim that God is my all in all, what, like, what does that say of my faith if I'm going to talk to come-on man, right? Like, it's like, Oh, I'm already mm-hmm. saying that God is alpha and omega and everything. Like, mm-hmm. why do I be talking to like, somebody else about my problem and about how I'm struggling and how I'm sad when I've already said it in form of a prayer. And so like I guess like that's also like another group of people that we're talking to to say that hey it's okay you could talk to God and also you know talk to a therapist. Why? Because you know, for me as a therapist, like one thing that I learned earlier in my journey is that one way that they described God was as a good counselor. And so he did a lot of counseling, talking to people. And, you know, like Tola also said that sometimes and a lot of times, science is a manifestation of God on earth and just bringing us closer to heaven, if I would say. And so um when you look at, you know, someone like Shala, who is a therapist and you're talking To him as somebody who believes In God both of them Can coexist right because Hey you can believe that there is some Form of God in Shala, but I'm probably taking This um, in some other direct Direction but I, I just wanted to simply say that both can exist like one is not a replacement for the other you know just like we would we think about medicine when you think about medicine you know I'm, I I know that in my research I found that some people would say things like hey you know when they find maybe a cancerous cell in their body and you know you're telling them to go to the hospital um, and talk to a doctor they'll be like I mean if God says I will die I will die like why do I need to go to the hospital to to begin to treat what god has already said will happen yeah. Do you get know what i mean like so there's also that struggle even in the medical field and hey like we're here to say that it is okay to go to the doctor while you're praying because hey like you know science can really be a reflection of how close god gets to us um same thing as therapy as well uh, so let's
2: see. Yeah, um, it, it, it's it's. Are it? Um, you know, there's this. This just reminds me of um, um, one of the steps in our call, like anonymous. Um, you know, intervention I um, call it the step three, and it made mention of uh, making a decision to turn our lives, you know, and our will over to the care of God as we understood it, and when I take this sessions with people. They typically do ask that, oh, we're in therapy. Why are we talking about God? You know, why aren't we just going to church, you know, instead of... Talking about God, why why are we now coming to? They talk about God better in church than any therapist would. So why are we doing that in this um, place? And it's always very interesting when you begin to explain to them, you know, the you know the higher powers. When you begin to explain to them the purpose of you know mm-hmm. leveraging and you know leveraging on you know superior higher powers basically to anchor our fears, our anxiety, and draw strength from it. And um, God, according therapy, by the way, it is not, it's not, um. what's that term they use these dates, is, is, is it, um? it's not a one track thing, you understand? just between God as you understand God to be, so the same therapist can be talking about God to the Buddhists, talking about God to the, you know, Muslim, to the Christian, you to the, and it's all about how we perceive and understand God to be.
0: I agree, absolutely. Um, So, do you have anything um, in particular that you wanted to share? Me, I have questions for you, Sha? But, you know, I just want to give you free will for now. <laughs>
1: okay. um, You know, one thing that really stands out to me, right, and because I understand the way Christians are thought, right, so one thing that happens a lot is that, and you get this a lot, when people particularly are... Unwell, maybe even physically or mentally right And they, they seem shy of asking for help right because they feel like oh um, isn't my asking for help a sign that I don't I don't trust God or you know mm, and, uh,
0: I agree right.
1: But there's something I really and I, to be honest, I used to be like that you know at some point in time and then you know I, I, something really happened to, to change my way of thinking. But I'll just, maybe I can share this story, right? And if you're a Christian, you probably understand. Um, Feel free. Okay, so, so there was a time, um, you know, in the Bible, like in the book of Isaiah, where um, I think it was king, his hair was sick, right? And then um, he got this promise that I was going to die, this prophecy that I was going to die and all of that, right? And the Bible says that you know he prayed, um, had you know conversation with God, and all of a sudden the guy that said you know was going to die came back and said, Okay, this is what has happened. God has going, God has added, you know, an extra 15 years to, to your life. But meanwhile, this guy was sick, right? And the sickness was supposed to end in his head, and then the prophet comes to say you know, God says you're not going to die anymore. Um, it's going to give you an extra 15 years. But then the prophet gives him a very strange instruction and says, go and get some herbs, you know, boil them, make them in a the poultice, and tie it around, you know, your growth around your boil, and then you're going to get well. And in that instant, I really just realized that, I mean, that was God using medicine to heal, you know, um, <laughs> Heal somebody in response to someone's prayer. Mm. Um, it's just like, you know, you say, God, heal me. I'm going to for your code. And they take person and like, you are fine. And then that's it. And, but the medicine was in answer to prayers. So you can see that there's no such um, delineation between God and then walking through stuff, walking through science entire- and all of that. And that's just the way I think about it. And really shape my, my, my way of thinking to say if I need help and then God steps me in the direction of where help is, that's God responding to my to my cry. So if I feel something mentally, if I feel a different type of way emotionally and then God responds to me and I see an unguvu ad on my phone. That's just been responding to me. I'm going to go ahead and click it and book a session so be right. Because it's just Absolutely. the way it works. I don't think, you know, this is strange. Yeah. But just have to think
2: about it in that direction. Why why do you think it's so difficult in, the, um, in that community of people to normalize what scholars just um, said?
0: Um, when you say the community of people, do you mean like um, people who like? In the religious, yeah,
2: yeah, in the religious community, yeah.
0: Um. So I think it. it I mean, it's difficult for different reasons. Like Tola already, you know, mentioned one of them is the way that you know you might be taught your religion, right? Like the way you might have imbibed that that belief that this is like understanding that this is the one and only and the final bus stop. But also by the time we begin to expand our view, we can really see that sometimes as believers, right, that you, when you want to hear from God, um, as you, as you call, call God, um, sometimes you're not hearing like, from the i don't know how to explain it like sometimes god is speaking to you through man sometimes god is speaking to you through like an advert that you see on your phone you know and so a lot of the times it's like it it comes from the place of like oh this is how i've known sorry there's a bird (laughs) okay i'll continue now it comes from like your the way like you've been taught that religion, the way you've grown to understand um, this belief that you have. Um, it also comes from the point of like, um, i guess a lot of times like my pastor can already do it for me because before people begin began to embrace therapy there was already oh um apart from god the other person next to him in my religious journey is probably like the teacher in church the preacher the pastor and so people are also more comfortable like going to the their pastor, because it's almost like a representation of God on earth, which, you know, a lot of times shouldn't be, but it's what is obtainable in a lot of societies. And so like, there's also that barrier that, oh, if I already have somebody that's representing this higher figure for me, why do I need to talk to a therapist who is probably out of that circle? And, you know, I know this question was directed to me, but I was also going to ask um, I was also going to ask Chola or even you, Shola. you know, like when we talk about your spiritual counselor um, and we say, hey, your spiritual counselor is a very important person in your journey. However, that is not your therapist, right? And how can we pass that message in a way that is very clear um, for people to understand that you can actually do both, right? You can talk to your spiritual counselor just like we're saying you can talk to God but the, it's not a replacement for the other. And while we saying that it's not a replacement. Uh, I wanted to ask. Actually, I wanted to direct that question particularly to Tola because Tola is a pastor, but also a therapist and a coach. And for Tola, like, why didn't you just say, you know what? I'll just be a coach, or I'll just be a a therapist. Like, why why are you doing both? Or why didn't you just say I'll just be a pastor? Since a pastor can be a spiritual counselor. Um, if you're comfortable enough, you can answer that question, please.
1: Okay, all right. Very interesting question because I mean, it, just to share a joke in, in this part of the country, pasta is everything. To be honest, um, you know, one time when I was, I think I was, in, I think I was in first year of school, right, and then our house was burning. Right, um, Long time ago, the house was burning, it was on fire. And then my sister picks up the phone. There was no 112 in Lagos or emergency number, so It was pretty much on your own. And then my sister picks up the phone and begins to call her pastor and says, you know, pastor, this the house is burning. My house is burning. And in my head, I'm wondering, okay, okay, okay. I mean, we need to call fire ambulance or something. How are you calling your pastor? What's going to do for you? But it's just the way, um, I mean, it's just because of a of a lack of governance structure. So pastor seems to be everything, right? And they will just tend to depend on that office um, to meet all of their needs. But having said all of that, right, um, why, why is it easy for people to just gravitate, you know, and and say, um, why well, let my pastor just fix everything? Sometimes even the pastors themselves is just all about assuming a a role that you don't have to carry. So for example, think about it this way. If you're going to build a new house, right, Um, say you had a pastor you are close to, you tell a pastor, oh, I'm building a new house and all of that, right? But it's very unlikely that, you know, you tell a pastor, pastor, come and build a house for me or come and draw the site drawings or come and do the structural engineering or come and do, you know, the foundation and all of that stuff, especially if it's not, you know, his or area of expertise, right? You would limit what he's doing to maybe prayers and support, you know, in some type of way. And I think that's the same way you must address the issue when it comes to your health right, is that of course you can ask for prayers, you can ask for support, but in the same way that if you're flying the plane if you're going to fly, or if you're going to build a house, or you're going to drive a car, you look for someone that is trained at that thing that you needed to do and then talk to that person. That's the same with it is. So if your pastor is not trained in that area, I mean, look for somebody that is trained. Let me just tell you what happens to a lot of pastors is that because they get to talk about all these issues again and again and again, of course, you learn some things, what works in some way, what doesn't work, what doesn't work rather. You start. You sort of, you know, have an idea, but it's really nothing compared to actual learning, actual training, you know, going through the rigors of, of, of education and training to be able to really help people that you want to help, right? But I would say simple simple and plain, look for help when the person is trained to offer that help. Where's the pastor most trained to offer help? And there are spiritual support and prayers and stuff like that, go there. If you need other help, the same way you get other help from an engineer or from an accountant or from a lawyer, when you need help with mental health issues, go for someone that is trained and can give you because you really deserve the help. So go for someone that can give you that help.
0: Thank you. Oh I have smoke coming out of my head because it's (laughs) 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 plenty. No, because I'm absorbing everything. Um, Shala, do you have a question? Because me are like I said, I have plenty of questions or I have like, you know, I have something else that I also want to like bring up and I feel like that will stay our direction even further.
2: So I also feel like sometimes um um the religious leaders, the pastors, the you know, the people that you know lead, you know, um the set of worshippers or believers. Don't necessarily um, throw out the narrative most of the time, anyways, uh, that um, spirituality or your pastor or your religious counselor takes the place of your medical expert or your mental health expert or something. But I don't know where the assumption typically comes from. It's more like people need to prove to themselves that, oh, my pastor said on stage that I, uh, for five years now, he has not used a single pastor more. So by implication, you yes, understand using paracetamol is is not is an an indicator of faith or something like that. So I have to do the same thing that my pastor does. And the man literally basically said that he was just trying to inspire your faith that all this is possible. You know, this and that, but He did not also say that don't use paracetamol to use it on things like that. I was in a church you know, we had a program where we had to speak, you know, mental health in the church and I've been getting more and more of that these days actually instead. You know, um, church communities, religious bodies, you know, and, um, you know, having like a mental health week and things like that, which I think is quite good and um, I guess Bella would have his thumbs up for that. And, you know, there was just quite a lot of conversation and talk as we got, you know, what some of these needs and belief system as regards our um, mental health. And um, quite a lot of questions do come up like, as a believer, should I um, admit that I have depression? As a believer, should I, you know, be using anti depressant or antipsychotic medication? As a believer, should I accept that I have anxiety? As a believer, should I do this or should I do that? You know, and one of the ways that I talk to you is that as a believer, if you have a broken leg, would you ignore it or something? You know, I, I'm, people need to, you know, sometimes because this, and the person would typically be like, oh, well, I don't know where all these mentalities is coming from because we never stood at the pulpit and say, you people should not prioritize the health or say that because you are born again or because you are this or you are that, you understand? then you are suddenly immune to things or, you know, stuff like that. But some of these narratives, are, they are just kind of, like, implied or people just kind of, like, believe that that is the right direction to go. And it's always very, very important when people, like, follow understand on what religious houses kind of, like, organize this, you know, talks, series and, uh, you know, orientation programs and things like that are just us to me that, hey, wow your counselors and your pastors in the church can't typically tell you much about this or that. you know, it's also okay to, you know, explore all these other healthy ways of coping with things and with public mental health. And oh,
0: you know what? I agree. And I'm just going to dive in here because I think this um, leads me to what I was going to ask next. Um, and the next thing is does therapy strengthen or undermine your spiritual walk or journey or your religious walk or journey because I mean for some people spirituality might be different from religiousity But we're we'll not getting to that right now um let me just start by saying that it can it can go both ways and it would not be a function of uh, you know oh it's because of therapy or it's because of spirituality because again these two things are two different concepts that can help each other And for some people, depending on how they approach it, it could look like it's undermining the other. Right. So I know that in therapy, there's something we do where we try to identify the strengths of every client that walks in. And part of the strengths that we look at is we ask the clients, oh, do you enjoy any sports? Do you you know, do you have social support? And then we also ask something along the line of do you have any spiritual or religious beliefs? And it's okay if the client says yes or no, right? But we ask that question because for a lot of clients, the spiritual or religious belief is a, it's a very big and important part of their lives. It's their strength. And in therapy, we're very, very careful that we are highlighting your strength. So if we find something that we think makes your life better, we want to tap into that, right? And so if I'm meeting the client that tells me, hey, my spiritual life is a very important part of my life, I dare say, whether you're a Buddhist, whether you're a Muslim, whether you're Christian, whatever you may identify as, it's still a very important part of your life. So it doesn't even matter what angle or what spiritual um, or religious belief you identify with. You know what I mean? It's still mm-hmm. An important part of your life. So in therapy, we are tapping into your strength to say, hey, the fact that you're coming into therapy. It does not mean that we're saying, do not <laughs> do not go to church because we've got you covered, or do not go to the mosque, or do not do whatever you do. No. But we're saying that, hey, like we can even work with you to see how both of them can interact to make your life even more colorful and to get you to a place of healing. And likewise, um, shall I just mention that like, even churches and even like different other religious bodies are now saying, hey, like, can we get professionals in the church or in the in our religious bodies? is to say, hey, come talk to us about the professional angle of therapy. And so we can kind of see how both of them are interacting. So if I was to answer that question again there's therapy undermine or improve your spiritual journey, it can actually do more improving than anything else, you know? And, and I think that every, the world is big enough for everything to coexist and help each other. And so in therapy, a lot of people have even been able to go back to their spiritual calling or go back on their spiritual walk to say, Hey, you know what? I think my life can be better. Um, but one thing that I would say though, is that in therapy, we're very respectful of the fact that when people come in for therapy we're not trying to impose like if your therapist is a christian therapist is not trying to impose christianity on you right so a non-religious therapist can still work with a lot of clients regardless of their religious belief because in therapy it's more like of a scientific experience than anything else
2: um, when and my clients don't, don't know my religion <laughs> like they, they just be like are you even a Christian or a give me this kind of agnostic vibe and like,
0: yeah. <laughs> I like that <laughs> exactly exactly I agree
2: So what do you think
1: oh well I think I think that there is a pretty much answered the question right um but yes I really do agree that. Maybe in fact, therapy can actually even help you. Help your your spiritual experience, right? Because think about it, it's very difficult. Say, for example, you're sick, physically sick, right? It's very difficult to bring in such a moment like that. It's very difficult to really connect with God if you're weak, you know, um, you have all of that running through your body. And I think the same thing also applies even even spiritually. Which which reminds you of a story that happened in the Bible. Sorry, I only have Bible stories to share, right?
2: <laughs> there
1: was this time that Elijah was really was really sick not even sick he was just tired right and then you know I think he had running from um, one queen like that in the Bible so he was really tired and all of that and I was crying and then God just shows up on the scene and then God gives him some food right you know through an angel or something and it's it just like, it was just like God was just saying that you know all the problems you had was just really hunger that was wrong with you and he began to talk to God in a better state of mind right so I think that if yeah and that was just one that was just that was just you know exhausted, right? And God gave him food and told him to rest and then it really became better. And so think about something like that, how his how is relationship with God really improved just because of getting a little sleep and, you know, some food to eat. So how much more sorry, I even takes a step of going, you know, to to see a therapist and just really um, getting some help for your mind, getting some help for your emotions. I think that it would it would impact a lot more on your on your walk with God. Yeah.
0: Yeah oh i agree i think that a lot of the um a lot of the things that have re- re- resounding in my i don't know why my english is just failing me at this time but a lot of the things that have been maybe, resolved, hungry. <laughs> maybe food can solve it abby but mm. the one thing that has been resounding in my head or in my mind that i really just want to like put into words is that there can be lots of guilt you know, attached to that question. Is it okay for me to talk to God and still go to therapy? Because maybe there's a lot of guilt that the individual feels just because they might be doing both. And let this be the sign that you are looking for, <laughs> if you believe in such, <laughs> um, by virtue of just stumbling on this podcast, that it is okay. You know, it's okay that both of them can coexist and you can make peace with, you know, with the process and even just, you know, enjoy the process of doing both um, because it, it, the, both of them can truly um, coexist and um, magic can be created with both. And I like how so Tala puts it he said as a matter of fact you should <laughs> but it's okay if you're not doing that you know there's no pressure here like we say all feelings are welcome um, it's okay if you progress into it so if you're doing just therapy now and you feel like hey you want to do therapy and God or you're doing just God now and you want to do God and therapy you know like it's okay Um, um, feel peace as you go through the process so that way you're not um burdened with a lot of guilt you know but Pay both of them can coexist. Um, let's see, is there anything else that we're missing? Offering producer, what's, what's, uh, what's say? Um, so, um, I guess we can wrap up by asking Tola, like, what the entire and I, I feel like you've shared you know um a little bit of here and there with us but just in response to this question what has it been like for you would you do it all over again you know being a pastor and a therapist and a life coach, like would you do things differently if you had to? What has just been the, especially with the population, you know, I imagine you're working mostly with like people from like, you know, Nigeria or Africa in general. And I know that with 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 every population comes a fresh experience. Just what has it been like for you?
1: Oh, well, I mean, um yes, I think I'll do everything all over again, right? I, I know you asked this question at the first that you know which came first. Um I try to remember, but I'm not even sure which actually came first. You <laughs> have to think because I, I just I just realized I didn't even know which came first. Of course, there was always an interest in helping people, right? And um I got into psychology, so it was just um very good in that direction, but I can't really remember which which came first. But I mean, dealing with dealing with Nigerians and Africans because that's where most people I work we come from. And to be honest, for most people, there is always some sort of spiritual undertone to to their issues, right? And so, to be honest, a lot of times I just switch in between, you know, listening to what they are saying, you know, with the eyes of you know education and training, and also being able to say get what they are not saying because. I mean, there's still a lot of... um of the you get that might that this person is not just talking about something they really believe that something is wrong with them someone is chasing them from home and that's why all this is happening to them and so I, I think that to be effective sometimes you really have to understand where the person is coming from when they say someone is chasing them from home you might not agree with them but you must be able to understand you know what they are saying and you know why they believe that that's the that's the cause of you know the anxiety or you know the depression that they are facing just to be able to understand well, where they are coming from but i think at the at the end of the day right um one thing i've really figured out is that even as a christian um i mean one of the things that really been really made you know therapy very interesting for me was that when i was in school and then you know um, started looking at some of the theories in, in in psychology and i'll see stuff like that in the bible and it was very real uh, packed out to me, right? And, you know, you see stuff like CBT and you see, you see it play out, you know, in the Bible. And then you're like, my God. So this is actually very interesting. And everything just aligned for me in that sense that even though God had that knowledge, what he didn't have a way of um, really teaching people in at that time, you know, because, you know, knowledge hadn't expanded towards all of that area. Right. But it, it has always been there. And if, right now we live in an age where people can have access to that knowledge and really just move in that direction then by all means we must embrace it we must you know um, actively work towards you know uh, making it more making it more popular making it more you know more, more what's what's the english now just letting a lot of people know that he exists and then you know um they can find that help to really to really uh, help them when they need it Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. I'd like to say that I know that in this podcast, we made reference to pastors a lot We we'll give a lot of examples from the Bible and church, but of course, this is an inclusive podcast. So regardless of your religious belief, we would like for you to really um, just refer to those portions, you know, based on the religious or spiritual um, angles that you believe in Um but these are examples. So yeah, just wanted to put that out there as well.
2: And considering it was Tola that came, you know, and he's a pastor. pastor, So maybe some other time. Like a a, a monk, you know, and also get perspective (laughs) from that religious sector as well.
0: Yeah, but thank you so much for Tola. Thank you so much Tola for, you know, coming to our podcast, coming to the studio with us. I hope that we do a lot more of this. I think that, you know, it was breath of fresh air i had to say that slowly because a lot of times i say fresh of breath air and um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a breath of fresh air having you in the studio so we're very glad um Shala, do you have any any words for our people today i think we should tell them a little bit about google because it's been a while they heard from us
2: oh well Ungubu has a new face. Um, I heard they mm-hmm. just launched a newer version of their app. It. and it, you. know it's just got a lot of um, user-friendly experiences, you know, that has gone up a notch again. Uh, mm-hmm. Google still remains Africa's number one on-demand teletherapy platform where you can have, you know, psychological sessions, um, therapy sessions, which are therapist on the app, typically anywhere, on the go, wherever, with a very, very pocket-friendly package, basically, um, no longer with therapy, access for mental health care, um, drill a hole in your pocket, or bullet hole in your pocket, and um, accessibility and affordability is one of the health that uh, helps, So, if you've not downloaded the app, head on to your various app stores, iOS, Android, and download the app, Login. Engaging the free assessment, the free screens that are there, and also some of the free engagements as well, like the rant Room, the Mood Diary, and some of our very, very interesting blog posts and videos and engagements. That Before you can even say, that, oh, I want to pick a therapist, then I can say that I want to have my sessions. You can have your sessions anywhere based on the availability of the therapist as well. So kudos to Google
0: yeah and word is just coming to me that part of the new updates is that you can now book bulk therapy orders so you don't even have to do one one anymore you can book bulk therapy orders you can gift therapy to people even in your religious community you'll be like you know what I'm gifting couples therapy to all the married people in my church oh or yeah oh whatever. yeah I think that that's really fresh you know fun fact though because I remember a Tala's best food is yam and egg am I wrong I <laughs> Actually, correct, very interesting. I'll just throw that out there for whoever cares, but yeah. Um, I guess we're gonna wrap up our podcast here. So, whenever we're wrapping up our podcast, we like to say that all feelings are welcome here, but we're going to echo it together as we wrap up. So, when you're ready, let me know. Are you guys ready? Ready? Uh, shall
2: I? Ready. Ready. Shola- I was born ready, madam. I was born ready. <laughs>
0: So I didn't even have to ask. Okay. So we're wrapping up our podcast. And like we'd like to say.
2: all feelings are welcome. See if okay. see, see, we're not even ready. Look at set. <laughs>
0: just I are give Tala one more chance. Tola, are you ready? I was ready. ready.
1: I was ready. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So like we like to say as we wrap up our podcast,
2: all um, feelings are
0: well. I, I pray that one thing we be at the same time. That would be a miracle. I'll just be copying and pasting it. <laughs> <laughs> Our producer said you should take it again, oh. <laughs> so Tola is like, like, on some sort of, um, you know. <laughs> you don't have ready. <laughs> maybe I will start, <laughs> then we will catch up. You were, you were, you were. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, like we should start and we'll catch up. So maybe I just wait like, for you guys to start. <laughs> no, no, no. Take the lead.
2: No, it's just like all feelings are welcome here. Not all feelings are... He's <laughs> a pastor, so I guess it's like um, what it was like.
1: <laughs> okay, last try, last try. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. All
1: right.
2: Leaders are dancing.
0: Should I go on? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, like, let's say as we wrap up our podcast.
2: All feelings, feelings are welcome here. here. <laughs> now, now it's your own turn. See, see. <laughs>
0: okay, guys, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>